0: Man, it's really good to see you guys here and we're, we're really glad that you're here this morning and hopefully you just have a wonderful day outside of this time and, but uh, we want to focus our hearts a little bit um, so if you're curious, which I hope you are uh, if you're curious where we're going to land today, it's, it's in the book of Luke, in the book of Hebrews. You can pull out your phone. It's probably easier to find these on your phone than it is in the Bible, but I kind of like the turning of the pages. So, um, But these are the scriptures that we're going we're gonna to hit this morning. We'll hit those later in the service. Um, but before I, I begin, is, well, I kind of already asked you to search that, So, uh, but I would like to say a prayer real quick before, before we begin. Would you mind just bowing your hearts with me one more time? Jesus, it's it's really not about the pastor. It's it's really about you, being the Word of God, and you dwelling among us. You living the life you lived, and dying the death you di- that you uh, dying the death you died, on the cross for a specific reason. For the forgiveness of sins of mankind, that includes everybody in here, and not in here. And that you didn't stay dead, that you rose from it, that you conquered it. So Father, I ask that you speak. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this moment, into this time. And uh, I ask that you just remove me from the equation and you speak it. teach us today. May we not presume to know it all. Teach us today. It's in your name we ask today. Amen. Well, uncannily, um, Resurrection Sunday is on April Fool's Day. Happy April Fool's Day. Surprise! You're in church. Uh, And the walls didn't cave in. That's really cool, right? I wonder every day I come into the office if it's going to cave in, too. So, uh, April Fool's Day um, doesn't, and, and Resurrection Sunday don't often fall on the same day. Um, the next time this will happen is in 11 years. Um, so if you're, you're back here in 11 years, you might actually hear the same sermon. Wouldn't that be great, right? Uh, and 11 more years from then, uh, it'll happen again, 2040. And then, literally, 90 years from today, 2108. And that's uncanny because it's 2018, 2108, Resurrection Sunday and April Fool's Day will fall on the same day. Now, April Fool's Day or All Fool's Day is all about the practical jokes and the hoaxes, right? And if you know me, I never participate in that juvenile behavior. Only on April Fool's Day. It's, it's every day. Um, I have been known in previous workplaces um, to hide in containers um, longer than anticipated uh, to pull off the great scare. Um, I have also been known to switch the car keys for the business, the company, so that when somebody picks up the car key and they go out to the, the car they're thinking of and they hit the button, it's still locked while another car is getting unlocked. Um, for those that are petrified of clowns, that may be you, don't tell me this. Um, I have been known to find little clown dolls and put them at the entrances of offices or in desk drawers to really just petrify the person. Um, but, uh, the best that, that I've ever come up with is too good not to share and too good not to share twice, um. As a juvenile probation officer, drug screens were uh, a regular um, de- run-of-the-mill type of thing that you do as a, as a PO. And our chief, uh, Deanne, did not like um, urine screens just sitting in the refrigerator, unmarked, without the bag-and-tag procedure. And so, finally, an unused and unusable Peacup came available. And so I decided to put Coca Cola and a little Sprite and put it in the peacup and swirl it around, put the little tag on it so the seal was sealed, and just let it sit in the fridge. And I waited. I waited and I waited for a long time, actually, a couple, three days. Um, but then I heard from all the way in the back. Who put this drug screen in here? You're not supposed to leave urine in the in the fridge. That's that's my best impression of Deanne. Um, so the unwitting office amassed as an audience. And I came walking back. And what do you mean? What? What's going on? What drug screen? And uh, so I, I, let me see it. And I broke the seal and sniffed it and, Took it back. (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, absolutely disgusting for those who didn't know what I was about to do. Uh, Went over very, very well. Uh, That was a long time to wait for that. Uh, But I've not only, you know, fooled, I've been the fool. Back in the day when messages were written on little pieces of paper and you drop them in the box. I came into my office uh, one day after seeing some kids at schools and doing all those things that you do, and there was a message that was from a Myra Mains. The phone number was there. So I wasn't expecting a call from this individual, so I put it aside to make sure I can do all my priorities. <clears throat> so the next day, I decided to call this Myra Mains and I call the, f- I, see there you go, uh, light bulbs right there, so I call and apparently it was either a, a funeral home or a morgue and uh, I said, may I please speak with Myra Maines and they said, who? I said, Myra Maines, I received a call from Myra Mains and, and I'm, I'm looking for, there's no Myra Mains here. And about that time, I'm hearing Gary next door just busting a gut. And if you haven't caught on, which hopefully you have, uh, I called a funeral home asking for my remains. (laughs) Right? So I I have fooled and I have been fooled. Uh, more times than I actually want to admit, but that 's the only story i 'm telling you uh, but here 's the thing how often how often are we fooled and without without even knowing it? And how often are we the ones who have fooled ourselves? into creating false realities that have become a reality. Um, The Wizard of Oz, Frank L. Baum, wrote the book, um, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, in 1900. And it hit the silver screen in 1939. And let me just tell you, um, this story has just been in the veins of American psyche since. And it, it, it has been such a part of our culture that even just a couple months ago, Wapak High School put on The Wizard of Oz um, as their play, and it was well done. But you know the story. Uh, I remember ABC running this once a year through my childhood, every year, almost around the same time. And I watched The Wizard of Oz. Uh, Dorothy um, goes on this journey. We, we know it's a dream. At the end, but she's on this journey and she meets these characters who have some uncanny resemblance of people back in Kansas that she knows. She meets the scarecrow, she meets the tin man, she meets the lion. And Dorothy wants to get home. And the scarecrow, man, I can't remember what he wanted. He wanted a heart, right? He wanted a brain. Apparently the pastor needs a brain to remember that the scarecrow needed a brain. The tin man wanted a heart and the lion wanted courage. And the only person that they could go to to receive those things was the wizard. The wonderful wizard. And they approached the wonderful wizard and he says, I will give those things to you if you go get the wicked witch's broom. And so there's the story of an adventure and they fight the flying monkeys who apparently didn't throw their poop Um, but they fight the flying monkeys and they melt the wicked witch very scary as a kid Um, and then they get the broom and they come back to the wizard presenting the broom to the wizard and wanting what they've desired Dorothy wants to go home the scarecrow needs a brain The tin man wants a heart, and the lion wants courage. And then the great and powerful wizard says, Come back tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. So Dorothy musters up all the courage that she can, and says, If you are the great and powerful Oz, then you would fulfill your promises. And then he begins to degrade them, We see flashes of fire and a really cool hologram head and uh, a booming voice. And he says, you ungrateful creatures. But little Toto plays a massive role in the movie that we really ignore. Little Toto somehow wanders off and pulls the curtain on the man. And we see this man behind the curtain pulling levers, hitting buttons, and speaking through a microphone. And when the sham of a wizard is caught and understands that he's caught, he says, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Really? This movie, this story like I said is in the american psyche. And I don't know if Frank Baum actually intended this, but it commentates on America. And it commentates on our culture and on you and I. This story has told us that really don't pay any attention to behind the curtain because it's really all smoke and mirrors. It's false. And it's full of unfulfilled promises. And it's really interesting that the wizard then tells all of the characters. The scarecrow, the tin man, and the lion. You know what? What you really have, what you really want is what you already have within you. All you have to do is look inside of yourself. And you'll find it. Because there's no one greater than you, right? There's no one greater than me, right? This is the commentary that we have come to believe as our reality, which is a false reality. How many times do we fool ourselves into believing false realities? And don't believe the man behind the curtain. Folks, to really think that we have what we already need is within us and that there's no one greater than ourselves, this is a message that has duped us, deceived us, and fooled us. And we've taken it, we've drank the great Kool Aid. We've been fooled. April Fool's Day. We've been fooled. What do we have within us, folks? Is a God-shaped hole in our heart that every man, woman, and child has. God has put eternity in your heart. But we have this God-sized, God-sized shape hole in our life, in our heart. Why? I'm glad you asked. You're a very inquisitive group. Why? Because of sin. Sin has caused broken relationships between one another. You and I. You and a friend. You and a spouse. You lie to somebody. You see the broken trust and the broken relationship. But sin also creates separation between Us and God. It creates broken people. Many of you have wondered, probably already, what's up with this gaudy decoration? Like, is this what Wapak Naz spends their money on? To decorate their their sanctuary? Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, What you see here this morning is goes back all the way to the Old Testament. Many of you probably glimpsed yesterday on, on ABC the, the, the story of Moses. It, it ran again during Moses' time God desired to meet with the people of Israel, but there was an issue there was sin was the issue this is a picture, a small picture, of the temple that was used, the mobile temple that was used where God met with the priests and his people. And the most apparent and evident piece of this temple is this curtain, this black curtain. In the actual temple, it would have been about three feet thick made of several different hides and a lot of different colors scarlet and, and uh, blue and it separated God God's presence from his people because sin separates us from God and what we see here is a part of the daily ritual the, the table of bread and the incense and the lampstand, the menorah and every day, the priests, they would have a daily routine, like you have a daily routine. You wake up in the morning, first thing you do is probably use the restroom or brush your teeth, or you take a shower, we hope. Um, but you have a daily routine. This was the daily routine of worship for the people of Israel. But there was the issue, the issue of sin And it had to be dealt with. And it had to be dealt with on a daily basis. And last week, we talked about in that daily basis, there had to be, well, that's not the sheep. That's the goat. The greatest of all time is cardboard. The sheep, which had to be sacrificed twice a day, once in the morning and once at night. Because of sin. It was a sin offering to God. But notice, the curtain still remains. And once a year, the high priest would sacrifice a goat. And then the other goat, the hands of the priest would lay on the head of the goat. And the wickedness of the people. The sin of the people would be laid upon that goat. And someone was charged to carry the goat out the door and into the wilderness. To show that our sins have been gone. And we're connected with our God again. But there's a problem with this. You have to do it every day and once a year. And you know what? Sin still isn't dealt with. The curtain's still there. There is still separation between God and his people. The fact is, God desires relationship. God desires relationship with you and your friends and your family. But we have been convinced. We have been fooled. We have been duped. that the reality is, it's all within us anyways. All we have to do is look and find it. It's there. That there's no one greater than us. There's no one greater than you. Your opinion counts completely. It is truth. Folks, we've been fooled. I was fooled for a long time. But for those of us that may not buy into that idea, we buy into another idea. That's where the numbers come in. You mind pulling out your numbers? Yeah. In the New Testament, during the time of Jesus when he grew up and as he was an adult and as he was ministering there was this understanding that you had to do certain things, the daily routine to be close to God to get connected with him there was only one that could sacrifice That was the high priest. There was only one that could actually go behind the curtain. And that had to be by the blood of a sacrifice. The reality is, in society, it was almost like it was in classes and layers. If you did this or you did that, and you kept yourself pure, and you kept yourself clean, You were closer to God. But when you did something wrong, you just took a step or two or four or five further. It kind of parallels to today the other idea that you do and do and do, and that is how you know your good will outweigh the bad. If my good is enough, then maybe I'm closer. Maybe I'm getting tapped into God. But what happens if my bad is outweighing my good? Maybe I'm closer or further away from God. Folks, like I said earlier, sin breaks people. It breaks relationships. It breaks our relationship between us and God and one another. Broken systems do not heal broken people. You might want to write that down. I didn't come up with that, but you might want to write that down. Broken systems don't heal broken people. And guess what? That system of, hey, maybe my good will outweigh my bad. If I just do more, then I'll, I'll, I'll definitely be okay. Guess what? That's a broken system. Because broken systems created by broken people are still broken systems that don't heal broken people. This system was temporary up here. For centuries it went. For centuries, lambs and rams were slaughtered. For centuries. But it was still a temporary system. So the numbers you have. You're actually sitting in pews that are numbered and have some letters. This pew has a CP. It means chief priest. In the time of Jesus, the chief priests were the ones that were fairly close to God. But the U's back there, the UN's, yeah, you're not the United Nations. No, not at all. Or the UC's. You're actually unclean. So what I would like for you to do, now, I know this may cause a ruckus. And I know the risk is you're probably not going to come back to Wapaknaz because you made me get up out of my pew on Sunday during the sermon. But I thought about this. If you don't come back to Wapaknaz because of this, but you get this concept, it's done its job. So in a moment, the numbers that you have. If you don't have a number and your family only has one number, you move as a family, Okay. What I'd like for you to do is take that number and your stuff, probably. And in a moment, when I say go, <laughs> you're gonna move to that actual pew. Now, look around, there are numbers on here. So, on three, one, two, three, go. Doo, 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 doo. No throwing elbows, no exchanging numbers. Wow. Yes. All right. Whoa. Chief priests. Nice. No, just numbers. Numbers and letters. Colors don't matter. Wow. There's a lot of people in the spit zone. I like it. What number do you have? Oh, you're all the chief priests? All right. That's nice. <laughs> no, you're, nobody's coming back next week. <laughs> all right. You guys are doing a good job. Match the number with the number and the letter with the letter. Now I won't know who came to church on Sunday because y'all moved seats. I know who came by the seat that you sit in, right? Oh, my goodness. So, I'm really curious. You guys were sitting in previous pews. How many of you moved forward in your pews? Raise your hand. Oh, wonderful. How many of you moved back? (laughs) If you notice, I'll point out of a couple things. (laughs) Welcome to the chief priests. Welcome. You guys, your duty is to be uppity and elite and religious. And point fingers at everybody else. Shame, shame, shame on everybody else who's not a chief priest. Right? These are the people that everyone else looks to. These are the religious folks right here. And notice, there's some separation here. There's no one sitting in this group right here because there's some separation between all y'all and y'uns. You might uh, might have to rubberneck in a moment here. So, I'm going to come back to y'all. So, y'all are the unclean. And I know you guys, imagine all these back here. Oh, you're supposed to be there? That's good. Y'all are the diseased, lepers, the marginalized in society the adulterers huh oh yeah you're pretty far away aren't you this is the group that the rest of us all the way up to the chief priests we separate ourselves from those are the folks that have the understanding that you know what I will never get close to God. God does not want to interact with me. God does not want to be with me. And I'm not good enough to even have a relationship with God at all. None. And guess what? Those that we look to in our religious society in the first century... Say, you know what? You're right. You're right. Your parents must have done something. You must have done something. Guess what? You're cursed. And there's no way around it. And the rest of us, right here, man, we're just moving from one pew to the next pew. I've got to do this and I'll be here. But what if I did this and then I'm back here? This is a broken system. This is a very broken system. This hurts, doesn't it? A majority of you moved further away from God. But you know what? If I could read your mind, I'll just read mine. I know. There was a time that I believed that I wasn't good enough to have a relationship. Sin's a problem. There were times that I believed that those that were in church, y'all the church folk, they didn't want anything to do with me. Because I wasn't like them. And I wasn't good enough. But the fact is, none of us are. Not even the pastor. Billy Graham, who just passed away, would tell you the same. Sin's a problem. But there's something great. There's something great about the fact that, you know what? The system is broken, and so am I. And so are we. And we need healing. Jesus is on the cross. And on that cross, it says, he cried out in a loud voice. And he gave up his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain was torn in two. It just wasn't torn in two, but notice how it was torn. It's torn from the top to the bottom. How would anyone know this? Because at the time that Christ was on the cross, there was a priest that was in this holy room. He was in the holy place, not the holy of holies. And he was burning incense. Scriptures tells us that the timing was impeccable. That he was burning incense... And the curtain began to get torn and ripped. A 15-foot-tall curtain just completely ripped from top to bottom. No hands of a man could do this. This curtain was three feet thick, folks. It just doesn't get cut by a couple pieces of, by one of those Fisker scissors that we collect in August. No. I don't know where my head went. No. The curtain was torn in two by the actual hands of God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Because, folks, we're all on the same playing ground here. It doesn't matter if you're a chief priest, or if you're unclean, or you're somewhere in between. We're all on the same playing ground. And we need a sacrifice once and for all. And that's what Scripture tells us. Us about Christ's sacrifice. That Christ himself as the Christ child came out from behind the curtain, the presence of God came out from behind the curtain and dwelt among us as a small little baby wrapped in flesh. He made that redemptive stride across the cosmos for you and I so that he would live his life sinless and free from sin and that he would be able to give up his life not only as the Lamb of God, but also that, that goat that was carried out into the wilderness that had the sins of all of us on him. And guess what that allows us to have? Access to God. Access to the presence of God. You and I, today, right now, can have access to the presence of God. In our life. Don't be fooled. The who says, I won't get fooled again. Right? Let's not be fooled anymore. If you, for one second, think that you cannot have a relationship with God because of what you've done. This explains it. This says that I can have access to God through the cross of Jesus Christ and His resurrection. I need Jim Johnson here to say amen. He's sick. Amen, right? Amen. And it says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, everyone, therefore, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place behind the curtain... Since we have the confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus Christ. By a new and living way. Oh my goodness. It has been opened through the curtain by his body. By his body. It continues. Then let us. That's us. That's plural. That's you. That's we. That's me. That's all of us. Let us draw near to God with sincere hearts and full assurance, having our hearts sprinkled with the blood of Jesus Christ. Sandy, do you mind coming up and playing a little ditty up there? if you didn't get anything today I hope you get the fact that Christianity is not about do and don't it's about done about what Christ has done it's on his shoulders it's in the sacrifice that you may experience grace and wholeness And fullness and healing. Jesus Christ took the broken system and threw it out the window. And he said, through me, through Jesus, you can have relationship with God. Anywhere you are, doesn't have to be on Sunday, we like to see your face. But anywhere you are, you can have connection to our creator and our God who knows you better than anyone else it's not about do's and don'ts that's religion that's not relationship so will you please stand for a moment stay where you are you're not going to move back to you know, or come all the way forward just would you mind to just bow your heads for just one moment <clears throat> heavenly father I thank you that you sent your son that his sacrifice the blood of Jesus Christ sprinkles us and allows us to enter into the most holy place that's you your presence you and that if we choose if we choose to receive your son, and believe that he is the Christ, that he was dead and buried and risen on the third day, that we can have that relationship. May we no longer be fooled. If that's you this morning, if you want that relationship, you've been convinced That Jesus is who he says he is. That he is the Christ. That he died on the cross and that he was buried and three days later risen from the dead. And that he died that we may have forgiveness of sins and have eternity with the Lord, with God. But also have life on this side. And receive his spirit. If you believe those things, if you believe that, and this is new for you. not going to embarrass you. It's not what it's about. Will you come forward? Will you come forward? You could be all the way back in the unclean section. Will you just come forward to receive Him and start a new life? praise you, Jesus. I thank you for who you are. We're glad that you've risen from the dead today. It's in your name that we ask today. Amen. Sandy and the group are going to sing one last song. Please join us as we sing, I serve a risen Savior. Is and Savior, he's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer, and just a time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me a long life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian, lift up your voice and sing eternal hallelujah to Jesus Christ the King. The hope of all who seek Him. The help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's there away. He lives, Salvation to That's right, man. Amen. You guys are great participants, by the way. This doesn't happen every Sunday, it's all right. You can come back again, but hey. May you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And will you please love your neighbor as yourself. Have a wonderful Easter Sunday. We love you. We're glad you're here.